that mindset is such a crucial piece it really in any facet of life, but really to help them feel empowered to be who they want to be and be able to help people out. Because if I can help people get better at speaking, they can share a message that can impact somebody. And yes. I say this a lot, but you know, like for you and I, we could say that same exact message, but because of our backgrounds, you'll impact people that I never will and vice versa. Sure. And yep. so a lot of people think, oh, I've got to come up with some unique thing to talk about and teach about. And it's like, you don't No. be you, be genuinely you and keep preaching that same message and people will be impacted by that. And they will be transformed because of you and what you are doing and saying. But of course, you have to be doing that as well. You can't just say it. Yep. Or it doesn't matter then because then you become a hypocrite. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing, and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, pottery, and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hun infusion and the hanu ashiatsu as well as the gua sha and manual lymphatic drainage if you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good go see tracy down at tranquil turtle massage and while you're there check out cda microblading offering cordelaine's best tattoo brows plasma fibroblast tightening and pmu services right there in the heart of downtown cordelaine make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com <laughs> Uh, Philip, you're a husband, you're a dad, you're a speaking coach, podcast host, author, much more, man. Thank you so much for your time, dude. I appreciate it. Eric, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Oh, man, such an honor to have you here. I, I like to kick things off by going back a bit. Where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you, man? Man, so I came out of this really dark hole, and all of a sudden there was just a bunch of light. I was breathing. No, uh, actually, that is a very awesome. interesting story. Uh, my, I actually had a broken arm at birth. Did they, you really have uh, broken yeah, arm over? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I was, I was 10 pounds, 10 and a half ounces. Okay. Yes. 10 pounds, 10 and a half ounces. You heard that right. Yeah. So I was a ginormous was... baby right at birth. And like my shoulders were getting caught. And I guess they cut my mom open as much as they could, all yeah. this stuff. Well, you know, I'm not a medical doctor or anything. Sure. But they cut her open as much as they could. And back then they actually used to kind of like push you and then like turn you and all this stuff. And apparently they were like yanking on me. And then all of a sudden my arm broke and I, I came out and they oh, rushed man. me off immediately. My mom didn't get to see me. And finally, when she did get to see me, I was, you know, because of my broken arm, they put me in with all the NICU babies. Yeah. So here I am, this 10 pound monster with like <laughs> you know, three pound babies. So I just looked even more massive. And she laughed the first time she saw me because no she's way. like, oh my gosh, she's so big. And I can imagine. You know, seeing my daughter, she was like eight pounds. Okay. And I mean, I was gonna 10 ask. pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and I was ready to go for my mom to, to leave the hospital. Uh, but, but yeah, so very interesting story there. Very, <laughs> so very interesting the start, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's actually the first time I told that story on a podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it was so a big, funny, a really big baby. And yeah. so I guess I've always kind of been more on the, the bigger side. My, my mom said growing up, I always kind of had muscles, was into sports and stuff like that, okay. but I was really never 
amazing at sports. I actually, and I ended up in distance running. So long distance running cross okay. country and track. Finally, my senior year, which is probably one of my, <clears throat> probably one of my top athletic feats was I broke a five minute mile. I got a 459, my last ever one mile race in high school, which is really awesome. And so it grew up in a small town near Houston, Texas. So about an hour outside of Houston in a small town called Hockley or I went to Waller high school. So okay. most people have no clue where that's at, even <laughs> if they're from Houston. Okay. So I always just say Houston. <laughs> And then it's, you know, it's always this whole story went off to college. It's where I found fitness, got in love with fitness and started really working out. Very interesting there. Cause it was like, I started working out to be more attracted to females. And okay. then it seemed like I got more male attention, which okay. was interesting in itself, but, but not, not only from like the, the, the ones that are interested in me as yeah. a, as a partner, sure. but also just dudes be like, dude, how'd you get so big? Or what'd you do? You know, what do you, how do you work out and all this stuff. And so it was just, very interesting because then the, the girl attention, it seemed like it got further away because okay. <laughs> some of them acted like if they dated me, I would put yeah. them on a meal plan. And I'm like, I'm not going to put you on a meal plan. Right. So sure. <laughs> kind of fast awesome. forward through that. I got a degree in electrical engineering right at the end. I said my last semester, I was like, man, I really love this fitness thing. I would love to be a personal trainer. Okay. But then I'm like, I went to school. This is ridiculous. If I go switch and everything. And so I just kept pursuing that engineering degree, finished that out, went into engineering. A few years into engineering, I kind of bounced around a couple of places in Texas, moved over to South Carolina for a job after getting laid off in oil and gas. And that's where I really started my entrepreneurial journey because I was in huge amounts of debt. I was making mm. 60000 a year and barely scraping by. And yeah. it's just me, single guy, because of all the debts from school, you know, student loans. I had a truck sure. that was $740 a month. So like ridiculous amount of money there. Wow. I was living at home. So that's why I had bought it and I could okay. afford it then. <laughs> yeah. But I realized that. So I cut everything out. I ended up moving to Georgia right after that. Got a $10,000 pay increase for a yeah. new company. I got two roommates from, that were in college. So I cut my expenses like crazy, sold the truck which is a whole nother story. The guy was like, Oh, what you trying to do? And I'm like, I'm selling my 2014 F-150 King ranch. that I bought brand new for this 2012 Ford fusion hybrid. And he's like, wait, wait what? Like what? We're downgrading. Like, yeah. We're, we're downgrading. That's I, awesome. I promise. I'm going to get yeah. this thing paid off in three months. And that's yeah. what I did. So okay. I just really going through that journey and, and trying to get to where I could get in a good place to be able to get married. And then, of course, I was trying to start this entrepreneurial journey, which really, I kind of had that that itch to go into personal training in college. And so that's what I started with. I started trying to do personal training on the side, really more online, because yeah. I didn't want to be stuck to a gym. And as I started doing that, I started noticing that mindset was the big thing that everybody struggled with. Mm. It wasn't necessarily nutrition. It was the mindset behind that. And I've got to do this all the time. And through my journey of fitness, I actually did a bodybuilding show in 2017, which is probably my, my greatest thing athletic wise ever. Wow. And based on that, I kind of wrote a book around it because it was all about mindset and the discipline behind that. Come on. Yeah. Right there. There we yeah. go. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so 
I wrote that book to help other people out. But even through that, and I've, and now I've kind of full circle left the fitness space to go into the speaking space and really help people because that's another fear that everybody has. And it's a huge mental block that they huge. don't want to speak, whether it's on stage, whether it's behind a microphone, like we're doing on the podcast or just pulling out their phone and doing a video on social media. They yeah. are so afraid of doing that, but their message is so important. It needs to get out. So I help people build confidence with that. And now along with that, so, but I had, make sure I mentioned that I do have a wife and a daughter now right? Yeah, and a little dog. So we're, <laughs> we're all one happy family and everything. And that's where I'm at here. And I jokingly say stuck in South Carolina because my wife, she moved across the street and built a house uh, her fa on family land. And that's where we're at right next to the in-laws. So okay. uh, mother-in-law is right across the street. The brother-in-law is right down the driveway. Okay. And here we are on the compound. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. <laughs> Dude, I, I would love that. I mean, my in-laws are nutty, so I don't know that I could do that, man. I would I would yeah. probably not do that. <laughs> it sounds like you guys got a good setup there. That's awesome. Oh, they're, they're, they're awesome, man. <laughs> it's funny. When we were dating, it was like they, they loved me more than, than her. They're like, you need to be nice to him, Brooke. Oh, you need yeah. to be nice to Philip, Brooke. He's a good one, all this stuff. I was like, man, and she's like, my parents love you more than they love me. Which, right. you know, of course, <laughs> wasn't true, but it was just funny because they were always defending me. <laughs> oh, that's so her. funny. That's yeah, so funny. I mean, with entrepreneurship, you can, I think being an entrepreneur, it comes natural for some folks, but usually there's someone that introduced them to entrepreneurship or influenced them in entrepreneurship. Who was mm. that person in your life that kind of pushed you in that direction? Or maybe you just saw someone online. You're like, man, I want to go do that guy. You know what? That yeah. So that, I mean, that, that's a huge story in itself. So really where I would, I'd say another pivotal moment for me to get into entrepreneurship was when I went to GrowthCon 2. So 10X GrowthCon 2, that Grant yep. Cardone throws. And there was Brad Lee there. The, the funny, everybody remembers. The only thing I remember from Brad Lee, I think most people, is about the brush your tooth or you know something like that, brush your teeth thing that he did. That story he tells with that, it was hilarious. Yeah. But I met Ed Milet and Andy Frizzella there. Oh, man. And they, man, they were awesome. So I started following them, following all their stuff and really started getting into that entrepreneurial space. And then GrowthCon 3, I met a guy that was in the RSA syndicate, which is Ed and Andy's group. Yeah. And so I joined that as soon as I could. Once he told me about it, I'm like, dude, I got to be a part of that. And that, I mean, that kicked everything off where my networking became a lot stronger. Uh, you know, my network itself was a lot better. I was around people that were all entrepreneurs or wanting to be on the entrepreneurial path. Yeah. But I did have family, all my family, a lot of family is entrepreneurs. My grandpa, my mom's side had a gas station that he, end up turning into a muffler and brake shop when the catalytic converters were happening in the seventies or eighties or whenever that was, I'm a car mm -hmm. guy. So it was okay. sometime then he did that. And so now two of his sons have taken over and done that. Then my, my grandpa or my great grandpa on that side, he was a farmer, my grandpa on my dad's side, or which was my, you know, my, whatever, my dad's side, he was a farmer. My dad had his own company landscaping business. They turned into commercial bush hogging, which is the bigger tractor with the 15 foot batwing cutter so he cut fields okay. essentially and then i have an uncle who has a diesel mechanic shop which is his brother so just a lot of entrepreneurialism within that and actually another uncle that started probably about five years ago his own it consulting firm and okay. so there's a lot of entrepreneurial blood around yeah so they weren't necessarily the direct influence but seeing that in my drive to always want to be more and do better and that i feel so limited and constricted in a nine to five mm -hmm. has really just lit that fire to find my way to get out of there.
Mm, come on, man. I love that, dude. I still yeah. work a full nine to five, but uh, always on fire to see how I can work my way out of it. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I think we're on a good path. I don't have a timeline, mm -hmm. you know, I have goals, but I don't have necessarily say, okay, I'm, I'm officially retiring next year. Right. <laughs> uh, still yeah. working towards that, but yeah, you know, and I think even being in speaking and I just did my first speaking gig for the uh, last year, uh, I got paid 50 bucks for it, man. It was the best 50 nice. bucks I ever gotten. I have it on my wall right here, a little check, man. I was like, that's it. That's my, my first speaking gig check, you know? But, you know, public speaking, it's such, like you said, man, everyone's scared to do it. It's like the number one fear next to death, I think. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to get used to that. But for those who are wanting to get into public speaking, you know, but they feel overwhelmed, like what tips are you giving them? I did see a post that you said, don't picture everybody naked. You said picture them <laughs> as dogs, uh, which yeah. is probably a good tip too. <laughs> right. right. Well, actually, I want to go back real quick. I feel like yeah. we, we jumped right over the fact that, you know, you and I are both in a nine to five and trying to totally. build the side hustle, if you will. Yep. So, I mean, what are your feelings around that? Because I don't know about you, but the groups I'm in, it's like, everybody's like, you got to hurry up and get out and, yeah. and do things. But sometimes you're just not ready or there's just things in your life that kind of hinder that, if you will. So yep. what's, what's your take on that? Cause I'm sure you're seeing a lot of that from a lot of your entrepreneur friends that are like, man, you go ahead and get on out. Just kind of like, almost like burn the bridges, just take the jump, take the leap and, and get out. You what know, do you think about that? my mindset was always like, dude, I need to just walk away. I need to take the risk. And then I have to go, okay, now I've got, I have a family to support. I've got two kids. I've got big rent that I have to pay. And if I walk away, I'm hosed, right? Like mm -hmm. I saw a huge increase in the amount that I made online uh, between 2020 and 21. I 10X'd it. And this year I'm hoping to do that again. Nice. But I'm not quite there yet. And I mm -hmm. think for me, even going, like I'm involved with Greg Reed's uh, prosperity camp, uh, you know, and the, the guys that go to that. And I met a guy there in July last year named Kelly Cardenas. And um, happy to do an introduction to you and him too, man. He's an awesome dude. Uh, yeah, it'd be awesome. Like Christ follower, amazing entrepreneur. But I've had some really deep conversations with him, not only on the phone, but you know, when I was down there, him and I went down to the, the beach in Carlsbad, watched the sunrise. We read the Bible together, man, and just prayed. And, and it was just cool to hear his perspective because he is a full-time entrepreneur. He owns a bunch of salons, but he's like, Eric, the people that we hang around with, the people that we see, like they're living these lives, like they're you know, have these amazing lives and they're big millionaires, big money. He goes, but how many of them have a great family, mm. man? I don't know. I, mm. And I couldn't think of one. And he goes, here's the thing is when you take that leap to be full-time entrepreneur, man, it is scary. And it's so much pressure on you. So, you know, it's not all geared up to what you think it is. Like you think you're going to work less, but you work 10 times more mm. as a full-time entrepreneur. And you just have to be ready for that because you're going to sacrifice that time away from family just so you can pay those bills. You know, he goes, you might be at a baseball game and you're going to have to respond to clients because they're demanding money right now, you know, cause they are, they're demanding you know, a job to get done, but you have yeah. to pay bills. Right. So, um, my perspective is I'd love to go full-time, but I'm not quite there yet. And I think, for me to do that, I probably need to, I need to double what my salary is before I'd feel comfortable walking away. And mm -hmm. some people are like, well, are you sure you want to double? Like maybe you just make what you did. I'm like, no, not really. I want to, I want to actually double it because then I can cover the benefits and cover all of the other stuff that I'd end up paying yeah. in my pocket, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's smart, man. And having that target set target there, but you're right. And I think about like Ed and Andy, you know, we've been talking yeah. about them already. Totally. And it's like, man, they make so much money. It's ridiculous. And in the lifestyle that they have, it's like, 
that is that would be awesome i'd love to have that money i'd love to be able to do the things that they do mm-hmm. but i know the lifestyle behind that and the work it takes yeah and to be honest i i'm not willing to do that and i don't know how their family life is i mean it could be amazing right they don't really talk about it that much sure yeah. but for me that because they're all on the road a lot they're always working all the yep. time i wouldn't want to do that because i do want to have that time with family so yeah, I'm right there with you on that nine to five. It's just like really just slowly inching my way out. For me, it's probably about 50%, you know, 150% of what my salary is mm-hmm. for me to leave. And of course, kind of have to check my wife because she's super security, super stability. And of course, yes. entrepreneurship feels like it's not, even <laughs> though actually on a podcast <laughs> I was recently on, we talked about this, that really it's more stable because you control that. Yeah, And you can go put in more work and make something happen. And you can go create another, another software, another product, another service, whatever, yep. and all of a sudden sell it and boom, there's more money. Right. But you're not doing that in your nine to five. And you, yeah. you might get lucky and get, you know, a couple percent increase in your salary, or maybe you get a bonus, you know, if yeah. you're lucky. And it's, but you know, right now with inflation, it's, you lost money if you didn't make at least 7% or whatever it is, you know, you had to make quite a bit of pay increase just to stay with inflation, which oh, is man. crazy. Yeah. I, that's my big thing. And I don't work like for a bad company. I like the job that I work for. They give me the freedom to kind of break away and do this during the day and things like that. And they know that I'm a podcaster and stuff like that. But I've always, since I started working at 16, mm-hmm. it was always just a number. Like I'm not, I'm not someone that's in part of the family. So like I could be let go and I've worked a ton mm-hmm. of jobs in my life because I've always had that mentality of, I'm just a number. They could yeah. replace me tomorrow. Right. You yeah. know, and then the raises, like you said, man, it's like 2%, 3%. Come on, man. Like, you know, it's ridiculous. And so that yeah. angers me when I get, well, let me take it back. I, I recently got a raise for my annual raise and it was at 3% mm-hmm. or three and a half percent. Right. Or whatever it was. Yeah. And I remember like my wife came and she goes, Hey, that's awesome. You got a raise. I'm like, that's a stupid raise. And she's like, no, you realize that you just got more money. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I have to actually look at that as a blessing, right? You know, even if yeah. it's just a little bit, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so frustrating. Yeah. You're right. We have to be grateful for whatever yeah. situation we're in, whatever we get, you know, yeah. better than what we had before, obviously 3% better. Right. But yeah, I just kind of feel like a slap in the face too, when you know, everything else has went up, but yeah. You know, their expensive went up too. So it's, you kind of have to look at both sides and yep. what would you do as an entrepreneur? And I think that's, that's the beauty as well, that we're in that nine to five still, as we build that, that side hustle into a full-time thing. And we can, well, as we're grinding through, we have much more appreciation for it than just jumping straight in. Mm-hmm. And, and you, maybe you still would have a lot of appreciation, but because you're kind of battling that nine to five side, you can see that appreciation that you need to give to your, to your associates wants you have people that work for you yeah and just show them that appreciation and make sure you're actually taking care of them because that's a big thing and i i keep going back to andy but i know that's why andy excels so well because Mm -hmm. he shows that appreciation for his employees and those dudes work crazy amount of hours they're working saturdays and sundays (laughs) and they're on a salary Right. I'm pretty certain it's a salary. They're not like hourly or anything. Sure. And and they're working all the time, you know, and they're working more than eight hours during Monday through Friday as well. But because he shows so much appreciation for them. Yeah. And they they all see that. But that goes back to that culture there, which is something that is another amazing thing about entrepreneurship. We create that culture. We create whatever we want that 
that beast to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's so true. And I mean, gosh, yeah, I, lo- I love podcasting has, has opened up so many relationships and entrepreneurships and, and business mm. opportunities and things like that, man. And uh, it's just awesome to, to meet super cool dudes like yourself. And you and I, we have this shared faith in Christ and, you know, uh, he's done so much in my life and I've implemented things from my walk with Christ and, and being a Christian into my entrepreneurship stuff. But how did you come into the Lord, man? How is it, how is it in your business? Like, how do you, how does your business influenced by your faith is what I was, I guess I was trying to ask there. Yeah. Well, I guess to kind of answer that first part, I grew up going to church. So my parents were, were faith, faithful yeah. as, as well, if you will. And they, so they, they took us to church and so really just kept up from that. And probably about 16 is when that really started kind of getting solidified for me, where it's like, I want to do this myself. And then when I got into college, it just kind of got that much stronger. Mm-hmm. But for me, because I, I, I'm a giver, I want to, I want to help people out and that's what really drives me to help people. And I want to empower people and people to feel like they are good enough. And that's exactly why I switched to the speaking and help with the mindset and everything, because that mindset is such a crucial piece. It really in any facet of life, but really to help them feel empowered to be who they want to be and be able to help people out. Because if I can help people get better at speaking, they can share a message that can impact somebody. And yes. I say this a lot, but you know, like for you and I, we could say that same exact message, but because of our background, you'll impact people that I never will and vice versa. Sure. And yep. so a lot of people think, oh, I've got to come up with some unique thing to talk about and teach <laughs> about. And it's like, you don't No. be you, be genuinely you and keep preaching that same message and people will be impacted by that. And they will be, transformed because of you and what you are doing and saying but of course you have to be doing that as well you can't just say it yeah. or it doesn't matter then because then you become a hypocrite right but we all we could all say the same message and will impact different people and I, that's what i find so beautiful about human beings and and that's where my faith comes in because i know we all can impact people differently and you know maybe i say a message and somebody gets it and it's like okay yeah yeah okay, i need to fix my mindset but then you say the same thing about fixing that mindset and why it's so important. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, it clicked. Mm-hmm. But maybe it wouldn't have clicked if I didn't first say it and kind of plant that seed. And just like our, our Christian walk, when we're trying to plant Christ in others, I might not be able to save them, you know, convert them, whatever. Sure. But you may be able to, but because I had planted that seed originally or somebody else along the lines did. So you never know what what kind of you know fertile ground that you planted a seed into so just keep preaching that message even if you don't see the fruits of you planting if you don't get to sow all that just to make sure you're still putting that out there so that's where my christian walk applies to my business i love it man it's so true dude i wanted to and what about you i mean that's that's an awesome question i love that question so what about you and your business man how does that apply yeah you know for me i learned that i and i need to you can never judge a book by its cover, uh, you know, and I think uh, reading the word and, and except for it, this one, it's awesome. No. Except for this one, right? And I want to get into this because I, it's so good, dude. You know, but I think for me, like I, I just come into a business just saying, you know what? It's not my job to judge anybody. I don't care if you voted for Biden, voting for Trump or whatever. I don't care if you're vaxxer or not or, or masker or not. Right. My job is just to love you where you're at. 
And whether mm-hmm. that means, you know what, if, if you just love my business, awesome. If you don't, let me refer you to someone who can, like, I just want to be a, a, an assistant to make an impact on people. And, you know, it's not my job to push Christ on anybody, but hopefully they see Christ in what I do, right. In the actions that I take. And that's my goal is just to love people where they're at, man. And, and if people ask questions, great. If they don't, man, it's awesome. I'll just keep praying for them, man. Yeah. You know? um, so that's how I intertwine that in my, my business, at least, you know, for me and, um, you know, a lot of people, they spend like, you know, an hour or two hours meditating and in prayer, man. And for me, I spend a good 15 or 20 minutes, just really deep, solid prayer in the morning. And that's mm. good. I just don't have time to do two hours of meditation a day. Right. So I get up and I spend that time, man. And, and that really helps set the tone for the day and gives me the right attitude. I think just to yeah. make an impact or help somebody, you know? And I think it's an important thing too, because we see in the self-development space where everybody's like, oh, you need to have this morning routine. It seems like you go spend four hours in that morning routine <laughs> and then finally you go do stuff. And it's like, I don't have that kind of time. You know? totally. I've got a lot of other things to do. Yep. And there's what, what, like David Goggins, all he does, it seems like he runs. That's all he does is I run <laughs> all day, you know? It's he just like, runs. Yeah. It's like, of course, dude, like he's making money somewhere, but it's like, he's right. had to put in obviously a ton of work, like literally. Right. Yeah. Before no, that, so that now all he can do, all he has to do is run every day or go work out or whatever he does. Cause <laughs> I forgot what well, can't hurt me. He talks about some of his yeah. routine, his daily routine. You're like, dude, all you do is stretch and run. Like, right. like that was pretty much it. <laughs> I'm like, that would, well, I don't want to do the running, but, or really, yeah. or the stretching, but I'd love to just do what I, whatever I want to do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rather than go, you know, I had to go do the podcast on the side and work on the business on the side and then go to the nine to five. Like, it'd be great just to be at home, just right. podcasting with everybody, socializing, networking. Like, that'd be awesome. Right. One day. <laughs> yeah. One day. I mean, it's, it's yeah. kind of interesting because I've actually been working from home since 2015. So wow. I, and I haven't seen people, I haven't been in an office for seven years, you know, like uh, the people that I work for now, I saw them two years ago when I got hired just as COVID started. And that was the last time I saw anybody, Man, you know, so I work in shorts and a t-shirt and slippers every day. And my wife's like, Oh, you got your work attire on today. Huh? Like, you know, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You know, and like I never have to get fancy because I wear the same shirt. I have like 15 black shirts. I just change them out nice. every day and, you know, make it easy. But, uh, dude, I want to shift well, to your yeah, book. Sorry, man. you can't see my bow tie underneath my beard here. I was okay. wearing a bow tie. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so funny, dude. Um, <laughs> your book, though, it's called Mindset Over Motivation. You talk about motivation being temporary and mindset is forever. And that's so good, dude. And you go mm-hmm. into details on how to establish a stronger mindset. What was the motivation behind writing this book? Because, I mean, you talked about this earlier a little bit there, but what are some of those tips that folks can put into action to establish that stronger mindset? So the motivation behind it was I want to be able to write a message to be able to help impact people. And then mm-hmm. something for my, at the time, future children to be able to have that something tangible that they could say, hey, dad actually wrote this. And I thought that would be really cool as well. Yeah. So I want to be able to really help impact those people. But as far as really building that mindset, one of the books that really inspired, well, two books, the Atomic Habits, and I can't remember his name. James yeah, Clear. But yeah, James Clear. That's a great yeah. one. And then and then The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Both of those are really awesome. And, and I love how Darren puts it and it's all about making small little actions. And Andy talks about this a little bit about just having the, the winning the day, you know, so having yep. your five daily tasks and stuff like that, but just doing small things that are going to get you towards your goal. And so that's really how you build up that the mindset is by doing small things to help you win, to overcome what you were going to do. 
So for example, if you're trying to go to the gym, I've, I've heard of people, they'll do something ridiculous where they're all, their only goal to start going to the gym is literally walk into the gym and walk right back out. Yes. Building that habit of literally, literally going to the gym and then going home, not work out, not hit the treadmill, nothing, just go there, go home. Yes. And then as they finally get used to that, then they'll start, okay, I'm going to go do one set or something, you know, just, but it's just small increases over time. And mm. especially a fitness space, it's a really easy one to talk about everybody. When they start, when they want to start getting in shape, what do they do? Everything immediately right, right. now, <laughs> I'm going down to a thousand calories. I'm working out seven days a week for two hours a day. I'm going to do cardio and lifting weights and I'm not going to socialize. I'm not going out to eat. I'm not doing nothing. Yep. And then what happens two or three weeks later? they're back to eating the way they were. They're not right. working out They're You know, now they've gained weight. Now they're pissed off because I spent a whole two weeks trying to diet and nothing worked. And it's <laughs> totally. like, well, first of all, you spent two weeks. Uh, that's not enough time. And secondly, you went so drastic. So start with one thing. And I always tell people with that, like make breakfast healthy. Mm-hmm. That's the one meal that's super easy to control. Supper would be another one, especially if you have a nine to five, you know, or I guess lunch, you could kind of control if you prep ahead of time, but sometimes it's difficult. I get yep. it. Sure. And supper kind of the same way. You, yep. you could prep that at night, but the day gets to you sometimes. And, and we do that a lot at home. We're like, you know, my wife, bless her. She does most of the cooking and she's like, Hey, I don't feel like cooking tonight. All right, we'll go pick up something. Yeah. But there I go. And of course you kind of control that a little bit, but breakfast for sure. It's start of the day. It's easy to control. So just start with something small. And then if you want to go to the gym, okay, go two or three days or whatever is, is simple for you, but Mm. really to build up that mindset is all about just finding little things that you can do to really help shift your mind. Just, just a little bit. It's all it takes is a, is a little shift. And over time it compounds to be something way more than it was and and i guess kind of going back to a little bit what brad lee was talking about with brushing your teeth but like literally flossing one tooth okay i want to start flossing my teeth at night well if i floss one tooth i'll probably be like well that's kind of stupid i got all this dental floss out to floss one tooth let me go ahead and just finish it up but just focus on doing one little thing i'm gonna do one push-up today uh, okay, I do one push up. Let me do let me do like five or 10. Come on, like one is not a lot. So let's go ahead and do a few more. But just starting with that little bit and over time, you're going to build up that mindset to be like, okay, we can do more. Let's push more. Let's, let's see how much further we can go. And so that's what I would say to start with. Just start with something small and build up those wins. I love that, man. It's so good, dude. Man, Philip, such an honor to have you on my show. Thank you so much for taking time and just dropping a ton of bombs already on the <laughs> show, man. It was so good. And I don't think I've laughed that much in a show in a very long time, dude. So this is such a fun conversation, man. Thank you for taking time, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, glad I could make you laugh. Hope made the audience laugh as well. <laughs> that is so good, man. Hey, thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or a watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests. And I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape, or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. Click that subscribe button. And then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.